We are fortunate to have Sean Freeman on today's episode. Freeman is the head boys coach at Sugar Salem High School. The Diggers beat Bonners Ferry last month to win the boys 3A state title. It's Sugar Salem's fourth state title since 2017, and Freeman's been at the helm for all of them. Coach Freeman, thanks for talking some basketball with us today. How is everything in Eastern Idaho? Ah, you bet. Able to be here. Good. You know, like I said, sun's shining, and so a lot to be grateful for today. So we just spring's hopefully here. So get on to more basketball, I guess. Means yeah. summer ball is approaching. So. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, we were talking about basketball weather, but that can be the winter time, or it can be when it's you know eighty degrees out in the summertime, right? Uh, that uh, spring springtime, just not not necessarily bas- basketball weather. That's that's right. All right. So year round anymore. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. And obviously, uh, you know, how, how long have you been coaching, uh, there at Sugar Salem? Um, overall, let's see, this is my 16th season, uh, 10th season as the varsity coach. So during that time, what are some of the changes that you've uh, seen in kind of basketball? I mean, obviously it seems like, uh, you know, you have to spend a whole lot more time in the, in the gym. Um, no, there, there is a lot more to it than what I thought when I first got into it. And then the coaching changes, um, I coached under some great coaches, um, Glenn Romney being one when I, after my senior year, was able to help him for a short bit and then back after uh, serving a mission and coaching with him, got some great insight. He won two state championships while I was in school. I was a freshman, eighth grade and freshman, but and then Jay Miller, um, was what I was under and then Clyde Nelson, both great coaches. And so I think a lot of what I've learned is, is that, man, you got to be pretty naive to become a head varsity basketball coach. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think that you, do it, you do it because you love the kids and you, you love what it is for, you know, people like me in a program that gave me a purpose and uh, in a team environment. Um, so I think a lot of learning has happened through through other people mainly, and then trying to just put my own spin on what I've learned from a lot of great minds I've been able to coach with under. Between the boys and the girls program there at Sugar Salem, uh, you guys have won eight state titles since 2015. I think what both programs have won four. So what's going right there in Sugar Salem that you have success, uh, so much success? You know, I think that it's a combination of our our administration, our educators, um, our strength and conditioning program has been a huge change with Coach Binion. Um, it's a, there's a lot of learning, you know, we've, we share our athletes well, our coaches all get along. It's um, everybody's working together. And I think that that transcends down to all of the players, uh, student athletes that come through. So we're very fortunate. We live in a really good area. Um, it's a mid-sized school. So it helps out that way too, where kids can play multi-sports, you know, multi-sport athletes. What about the youth program? I mean, what's going on there? What, you know, are the kids playing a lot of basketball at at younger ages? Yeah. You know, I think that I was talking to our athletic director just a few days ago and, you know, our youth programs are strong. I think that was uh, one of the things that I, when I took over the program, that was one of my main things to focus on was to, we've never had our own um, Sugar Salem, Sugar City area, never had its own youth program. So we, I, when I committed to the job, I wanted to start my own five-week youth program that leads into our, um, before our season. And, and that's been a big thing for me to see what athletes are coming up and, you know, you can kind of get a good feel of what's coming and then developing that talent. And then on the girls side, obviously they've had some success there. And is it kind of the same, same setup? Yeah. You know, um, coach Daly does a great job. Um, Sugar Salem alumni as well. And so there's, there's a lot of pride that takes place in, in coaching where you, you went to school. Um, she's done a really, really good job of taking girls and she's really a great coach, obviously. But she started a youth program as well <clears throat> shortly after we did. And so it's kind of trying to develop the kids that are in your programs. I think a lot of people, um, you know, in kindergarten through eighth grade for us that we do, and <clears throat> it's been a good good thing for both of us. 
Yeah. One of the things that I noticed when I was watching the game film from your championship game was, you know, and maybe this probably benefited you guys a little bit, but it, like you guys were like big <laughs> out there. I mean, and not just big, but also athletic. Um, and so, uh, you know, it seems like the kids uh, have a great opportunity to kind of develop themselves as, as athletes there. Yeah. You know, our, like I said, our strength and conditioning program is phenomenal and multi-sport athlete kids. I think that it's, uh, you know, everybody's starting to, sports specify and I think that that limits their ability sometimes to to be involved in a sport they're not good at or be a a third or fourth person down the you know the line type of deal and so they look at that stuff and multi-sport stuff helps but in terms of our physical ability you know our strength program is phenomenal Um, in terms of development I mean this is probably the longest and most athletic team I've ever coached nationwide so you get strengthened and athleticism combined. It's, um, it's a deadly combination, right? But then you've also got to get the mental side of that. So I think that that was like one of the biggest um, hurdles for me as a coach this season and my coaching staff was, and they did a tremendous job, was getting the, the team to understand the mental side is just as important, if not the most important, than the physical side. So what were some of the things that you did to kind of bring that mental uh, mental toughness or whatever uh, to these, this group of uh, players? Um, the, some of the things we do, is we try to, you know, obviously it's like um, being a parent, you've got to individually talk to each one of the kids and they're all, they receive things differently, they're coached differently and you kind of have to learn what they need to do there. But it's a, it's a full-time job, you know, trying to get your kids to commit uh committing is easy i think the understanding to the commitment is the hard part and so once they understand that commitment and then a lot of it was just come down to to basic fundamentals honestly um when you're when you're athletic it can be a, a blessing and a curse and I, I think that sometimes that people think if you're six three and and you've got a 40 inch vertical then you just like, um, do highlight stuff and i think that you know just basic fundamentals was a big thing for me. And I told, I told my team that if they'll, they'll be fundamental, we'll take care of the ball and execute our offense. Then I, I told them we could win it all. And that was a big, big difference from the year last year going to and out, you know, that was the thing we, we weren't disciplined. We weren't fundamental. And we had, I mean, it stinks to say, but we had the Vandals, you know, um, on the rope ropes there. And, and then you have also from a call Donnelly and they end up playing for a state title and also Homedale, we had them and then we kind of just shot ourselves in the foot. And so I was, it sounds crazy to say this, but I was grateful that that happened because I think if we even had came away with one win and going, you know, out, I think that we would have had a false idea of who we really were. So a big part for me was, adversity is a is a creator of ingenuity and i think that as you you get into some of that stuff it makes you reconfigure reassess and and refocus and i think that those are big things that you know were big for me and my coaching staff and then getting the kids to understand where where the the wheels came off the bus so to speak Mm -hmm. and then and then what was going to drive us to be where we wanted to be and so did that start after your guys' uh, finished last season? And how did you kind of incorporate that into your summer basketball stuff? You know, it did. There's a lot of stuff that we had good feelings coming off. We, this group of seniors were really close. They played a lot of basketball together. Um, they had, Their eighth grade season, they went. They lost to Teton, who's a really good team, um, at a district tournament when they beat them all year. There's just a lot of things that back on, but – Going back to the state tournament, I mean, we win our district versus Teton. We, we get to the state tournament, we go two and out. It was a big thing for these kids to, like, go, what what's next? And I, I told them, I'm like, we can, we're good enough that we can win it. And I know there's a lot of coaches out there saying the same thing, but I really, I truly believed it. And I said, but we got to do the work. And these are, this is the, you know, toll that needs to be paid. This is what's required. And so it was a big thing and we we had some 
games that were similar to our state appearance where we were winning big and then we'd go and we'd blow it. We couldn't finish games. And that was a huge thing for us. To, and I kept telling them, I said, you guys can, you, you can play, play phenomenal when you're, you know, five on five, but when you go one on five, we look terrible. And then, so there's a lot of stuff that we had to clean up um, with each other as teammates and as coaches. And then once we did, like you could start to see the progression and a lot of our season, you know, we dealt with injuries, sickness. Um, there's just a crazy chain of events that kind of helped us be better. Sounds weird, but that's, it's true. Yeah. So what about yourself? I mean, did you have to, you know, kind of think about growth areas for yourself as well and kind of going from, you know, that, that situation where you would go to and out to all of a sudden now you uh, win a state title? Yeah. You know, it's always thing. I think that one thing I tell myself every year that if I'm not continuing my education to get better as a basketball coach and, and to help my kids, to see where, where I can step up and be a bigger factor, then I'm a dinosaur. Then it's time for me to step away. I think that you've always got to evolve. You've got to look at your talent and you've got to, you've got to know what you need to do. And, and you've got to get all the pieces. Like I talked to about, you know, being a Frankenstein style of coaching, you got to take off the, the parts and appendages, you know, you the part where you put a leg arm you know and so it's just one of those things that you're just trying to create a monster within your your demographic what you have the, the pieces you have and then once you do you know it can really be a, an awesome thing or it can turn into something that's real ugly right and so yeah it's, it's a thing that i always i ask myself every year like what what is something if i'm playing sugar salem what what am i going to do and what am i game planning for and i try to think you know, not cliche, but outside the box in terms of like, what, what is someone scouting me and my coaching style and how are they going to attack me? And so I try to, I try to adapt by what my counter is to that. So it's kind of like, I don't know the secret. I'm sure a lot of coaches do it, but for me, it's been a huge thing every year. Like this is what we're really good at. This is where we struggle and this is where I need to improve. And so it's just the self-evaluation uh, consistently and constantly because there is no break. As you know, as a head basketball coach, you it's a full-time job and, and you're always trying to get better. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, to your point on a couple of these answers is that, uh, you know, when you fail or you lose, you know, that's probably a lot of times the best thing for you because you got to reflect back on, on what's happening. And, and with our own schedule, we play a lot of five A's, you know, we played Coeur d'Alene, Lake city, which, uh, were some of the top teams in the state and, you know, they thumped us pretty good, but we learned a whole lot more from those games than we did, uh, in games where we maybe won by 20 or something like that. Right. You know, I think that people look at, at our schedule and, and people are like, man, why are you playing such a tough schedule? Especially now where the, you know, this max Pep's rankings and stuff, it's, it's changed the game quite a bit for everyone. And I don't, I'm not fully know what to feel or how to feel about it. But I just know, like, we play Star Valley, who's a great program. We play, you know, the toughest schedule we can because at the end, all that matters. I don't care if I have a, you know, 13 and 12 record, we win a state championship, I'm good with it. You know, put that on the ring and whatever. But I think it's just one of those deals that if you don't get some tough competition and stiff competition and get something out of it, then there's no point in playing a tough schedule. But that was a big thing for us. We played, you know, Timberline 5A, and they were ranked third in the state for boys for a while. And we had them beat, and we're missing a bunch of our guys with sickness and, and injury. So it just, a, just a lot of that stuff. It gives your other kids some confidence, too, when you're like, we're playing with a really, really big school, or we're beating these big schools or, you know, these great teams, and, and we're, we're more shorthanded. So it's a, it's like a it's just a good thing and it helps build your team. I know how sometimes if you don't have the guys that you might want to have a little more time to pick up some games that you can get some confidence. But for us, it's like a, we're used to being in the refiner's fire and we want that. We want that stiff competition and that's a big thing that I've requested in 2017. Let's play a tough schedule. So you uh, part of that tough schedule is playing 
Teton and you end up playing Teton five times, including in the semifinals. So I, you know, like, I mean, how do you, do you prepare for a game, that fifth game? I mean, you guys must know each other so, so, so well. You know, that's a great question. It's you do. It's like, you, you know, everything about each other. So it's just basically having to go out and execute and perform. And Teton had a great game plan. I was actually really surprised. And I coached uh, Coach Hughesville that um, when they were in their defenses every time on the make or miss. And it's kind of uh, a thing that was in the past, really. And, and it came, and I thought it was really, really great, intelligent move on his part. And it slowed us down for a, a little bit. And then I, um, you know, I told the coaches, they're just switching everything and we figured out. But to mentally, prepared like the way it happened for me with my losing my father and then had so much on my plate a lot on my mind my coaches were helped sustain me and uplift me a lot but it was a blessing that we played Kimberly's a team that we played twice already and already knew it was a blessing that we played Teton honestly because we knew them so well and most people be like it's crazy you'd want to play a team five times and you know they're ranked number one in the state um we weren't you know we we weren't anywhere to be found i mean we're close but not not any love that way and you no know, but it's just like we i wanted to play them and more than anything just to prove that you can beat a team five times and and it's just a is a statement like these guys are ranked number one and everybody thinks that they're better than us well let's prove it type of thing and and it's tough i mean no matter what your state tournament you're gonna play some tough teams and Fruitland was tough. I mean, there's a good group of kids, some scoring there. They could go off and score in bunches, but I was just actually in my, in my piece of mind, it sounds crazy, but it just helped me to know that I didn't, I didn't have to do any game planning. I kind of had a pretty good idea where we were at already. So then for the state championship, you play uh, Bonners Ferry, and I know that you had a lot of kind things uh, to say about them. I got to watch them a couple of times. I mean, they were a really good team essentially we could be in different countries, you know, uh, Bonners Ferry and, and, uh, Sugar Salem. So, I mean, what was kind of that process after you get done beating Teton and then having to turn around and play against a team that you've, uh, probably not seen very much. You know, that that's a tough thing. Like you said, just like you're, we're in two different countries because we're so far apart. The North Idaho from Southeast Idaho is quite the jaunt, you know? And so every year, like Blog or Timberlake, um, when we'd play them in the state tournament, you just never knew what you're going to get. Uh, some of those Kellogg teams are phenomenal and between the state tournament. And then it's just, and I think a lot of it honestly is the, the level of competition that they're playing during the season. It, and they had great athletes, they had great coaching. I mean, it was a lot of stuff, but I think a lot of it came down to not seeing teams like us or a snake river, or, you know, or, you know, some strong, stronger teams, Marsh Valley, there's teams from down in uh, Southeast Idaho or even in, you know, Western Idaho. But I, it was, it was good to play uh, Bonners Ferry. I, deep, deep in my heart, I wanted to play them because they were ranked number one. And I've just had a, a thing in me my whole life that says, if you want to be the best, you got to be the, be the best on the biggest stages. And so that's a, that was a big thing for me in playing them. And I was, it was nice. We didn't know anything about them. So it was kind of, I mean, you knew they could shoot it. They could flat out shoot it. The Blackmore kid, you got, you know, Williams boys. I mean, they're, they had a great team and probably one of the best shooting teams in the state, highest scoring teams. Um, but we knew that we could, our defense was going to be a big part of that and understand what their strengths were. And so it's kind of looking back, it's more fun now because we won. Right. But, just switching up a, our defense and trying to, to get them out of sequence was a big, big, big thing for us. Yeah. Talk about that defensive attack. I mean, it was a lot of one, two, two that you were playing, right? That's correct. Now, we, we just want to make sure that we were arriving on the catch and that they didn't have much daylight. And some of our kids, they, they acknowledge like, coach, we, we got to, we can't be too far out. And I said, yeah, you, you cannot, you, you've got to know where shooters are. And you, I mean, we, we identified down to the steps of how many, you know, steps it'll take to get to where you need to be. You need to be there in, in two, you know, if not one, but 
it was a big, big adjustment. And, and they, uh, it lulled them to sleep a little bit. You know, if, if we had the shot clock on both, both sides, I think it would have changed the game a lot, but there's a lot of times where you're trying to figure out stuff and, and it, there's no pressure, you know, you can, so to speak, because there's no time bomb. You just you can try and figure it out. And they, man, they shot the ball, still shot it really well. They missed more than they usually do, but they, they made me nervous. That's their shooting made me really nervous from the free throw line and the three point line there and mid range. I mean, there's a really great team. Yeah. So is the one, two, two something that you normally employ? No, no. I mean, <laughs> we, we try to have something that we, uh, we try to get good at, you know, you got to have variation, you have to have a thing. And, um, so we put stuff in the kitty, so to speak, where you, if you have to pull something out that no one's seen and, but yeah, we, we worked it. Don't get me wrong. We worked a lot of different defenses that our kids, and then we find out what they're most comfortable with. And then what the point of attack, usually, you know, they don't have that many shooters that you have to worry about, but our, our defense, it was, we made really, my coaches were awesome this year, but we made some phenomenal adjustments in the high post area out of that 3D um, that we call it. And um, our, our kids were just, they're long and athletic. So they covered ground fast. Yeah. Uh, can you just give us a couple of basic tenets of uh, what you're doing with that, uh, with that defense? Well, a big part of it is, is just obviously you're trying to cover your shooters on the outside. Um, big thing that you worry about, is an overload or things that, you know, confusion in the high post area. And we actually mess with it a little bit with Snake River. But, you know, your top guy, if it's your bottom guy's going out to the corner, usually your, your top guy's dropping clear down to the bottom. But we, we made a different adjustment to where our post wasn't. It was just – it would just ball and wing, that lower block guy goes out to cover corner. And then you just had our other big guys taken inside on the post. So – we're trying to prevent anything from the high post area and uh, low post area, obviously. And then in a, in that kind of defense, you're looking for long passes outer third, outer third, and, and get, get those hard to deep, you know, you want to have a, a hand up, obviously you have shooters, but I mean, we, we're not perfect at it, but it was a, we, we executed enough to, to get it done, but that's a lot of the basis as was protect the middle. Don't let, you know, stop penetration. Um, don't help up, help over, just basic, basic stuff to try and get our guys to commit to that. And they did, they did a great job. So you, uh, win the state title day, uh, game. And then, uh, as you mentioned earlier, um, you know, sadly you lost, you, you lost your father during, uh, the district tournament. Um, so, I mean, what did this, what were kind of the emotions after you, after you won that game? Man, it was, uh, part full of emotions. It was, um, and on so many levels, but yeah, losing my father, we work together every day. Um, for the last 18 years, we build cars together and we have desks that are back to back. Um, and we talk about basketball every day more than anything, but building cars, but it, yeah, we buried, uh, my dad had a heart attack and he was in the ICU for quite some time, you know, um, then we had to let him go. And that was a tough deal. Um, then we had a, the day for his services where he took him and put him to the cemetery that night we played Teton for a championship. So that talk about an emotional, emotional deal of trying to like, just, and that's where, I mean, having a great coaching staff and I mean, my players were, they're so great too, very thoughtful. And I mean, you were just there for me, uh, doing stuff, shoveling snow and just, just serviceable things, you know, it was pretty touching that way. So it kind of just went that route, you know, and uh, my dad was a big basketball guy, loved watching me coach, loved watching our teams. And so we dedicated, you know, I told him in the hospital, we're going to win this thing for you. And uh, he always called him pop. So we had a thing that was, that said four pop. Well, my cousin put four pops, but it was four pop. I just call him <laughs> pop all the time. And so by the time, you know, like, we had, we had a great uh, night Wednesday before and got these bands. My my cousin brought these bands that said his name on there. And so kids were chanting that, like dedicated to him. And so when that final buzzer rang and we won, it was just surreal. You know, it was, a, it was kind of like a, a, we did it and I couldn't believe we did it. 
kind of a thing. And uh, to win four state titles, um, that was another just huge um, thing for me. Like to win one is hard as heck to do. And so it was just, there's just a lot of different emotions. But yeah, not my dad in the stand. I, I still felt him. I felt him. I had my, I didn't wear my sleeve. I had it in my left pocket because he was left handed. I just kept on. If you watch the video from the other side where we recorded from, you can see me re reaching in there the whole tournament, just looking for some comfort. And uh, it was kind of a, I'm a fidgeter anyway. And so I fidgeted all the time. And it was just something that um, allowed for me. And I I just, I didn't get too up. There's only one time during the, the game where the coaches, I'm like, hey, man, I need some, I need you to give me a boost here. Uh, talking to my uh, two assistants. I mean, and anyways, it was just a cool, you can script it. Yeah. You just can script it. Well, I'm, uh, you know, sorry for the loss of your dad, but uh, yeah, like you said, just a great story, uh, how, it, how it ended. No, I appreciate that. No, I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, it was a pretty dang special. So I know that you're big on how sports, uh, sports like basketball can shape young people into future leaders. So can you give us some specifics on kind of what you do to kind of get these kids where um, they're understanding that they're more than just basketball players and that this is going to carry over into other aspects of their life? I think accountability is a huge thing. You know, it's uh, expectations and accountability. We line those things out and then the expectations aren't met there's accountability for those actions. Um, there's also accountability like in, in a positive way um, when good things happen, you highlight those things. I think that a lot of coaches today, we, we point out all negative instead of pointing out the positive because we're looking for something to get after kids all the time and coach them up. But I think that we can learn a lot from our kids, you know, and see what, you know, what their, their needs are. And I think that that's a number one is they know how much you care. Um, and once they do, when you give the expectations and you set a standard, it's more likely they're going to follow it because they care about you and how, where you hold them at, you know, where you, how, you know, are they a, a great kid? I'll say, man, you know, this is a kid that I would allow to date my daughter or one of my daughters, you know, type of thing. But, and that's a compliment, you know, it means they're gentlemen. It means they hold the door open for people that they, no matter if it's in the classroom or if it's in, you know, by themselves it's um being able to understand that you do the right thing you know and um and i think that those are big things that we come out with where people are like man your kids are well behaved and they're respectful they please and thank you and and i think that that's just a common standard i mean we do it down to the officials it isn't to be a kiss up at all but i i said you ask them a question and you say thank you sir or ma'am and then you hand them the ball you don't i said you just learn how to respect authority and in return respect will be given and so it's just a my biggest thing i tell my parents at parent meetings i said i hopefully the values that we we're teaching in basketball are are making your kids better when they leave our program and most of all i hope we're supporting what you're teaching your kids at home the same you know like if you're giving them information and a lot of times like my mom and dad don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're talking about and then we say something, and my, they're like, oh, my mom says it all the time. Like, they know, you know, they know what they're talking about, you know. And we, my cousin, he'll say, you know, coaches will be like, hey, you need to hug your mom, you know, you hug your moms. It just and show gratitude for things, some humility, and you know, there's just a lot of things character-wise. You as a coach, and I as a coach, you walk through stuff, and you're you're teaching, you're teaching, you're teaching, but you don't know how how to teach. Years down the road, maybe it's sweet. You know, I've had some players start I'm like, how can I drink the biggest piece of garbage in the world? But I love you. You know, where's the mis disconnect there? And so then I, oh, I don't know. He doesn't like me, and I don't like him. And then I just say, well, I think you guys are a lot alike, and there's a misunderstanding. And you, you know, and then also the relationships fixed, and they're both just like, wow, why were we even? Why did I even think that? It's miscommunication. Uh, we preach that all the time. Hard work and communication are two two valuable key things that we need to be as people, um, employees, students, athletes, coaches. You know, those are those are two things. If you work hard and you communicate in a in a positive manner, you know, things get done. And I think that that's a big part.
two part. Yeah. I was talking to a coach, uh, this weekend and, you know, we weren't, it wasn't as deep as, uh, what you, you were talking about, but I was kind of relaying the message that, you know, for me, one of the, one of the big turning points as a coach was understanding, um, the environment that we create, the, uh, the expectations, as you said, just kind of the culture that happens. Uh, and especially if it's a positive culture, by doing things to help out the community, um, you, you know, or just saying thank you to teachers uh, through an email, it like, you know, it 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 just it has really benefited our program because all of a sudden, you know, it instills it seems like some some pride in in, in the kids. Yes, no, you're you're spot on. I think service is a big thing. Um, Why kids, you know, go through stuff. Um, just being better, you know, that's a everybody says I try my best all the time, but I think that's unattainable. I think that you just try to get better every day and you're going to have your ups and downs, but it's a better, you know, mentality. Like I'm, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't as good yesterday. I was a day, but I'm be better today. And I think that that's, as long as that's happening, you ask for a hundred percent in reality, you know, the most you can get out of kids is at their full capacity for a game is 80, you know, if they're playing their guts out. So it's like just being realistic with things. and. Um, I think that, you know, service is a, is a big thing where they get outside of themselves is, is a huge, huge thing. That you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about like uh, your practice situation. I mean, how do you approach practices? And you talked about getting the kids to work hard. I mean, you know, what does that look like at a Sugar Salem practice? Well, I think again, it's, it's down to your expectations. Um, and then it's, <clears throat> we talked about, our energy levels and a lot of times they've had a long day they're they're coming in they're they're hungry <laughs> you know it's been a while since lunch we try to make sure that they get some some kind of snacks and things so they have some energy um but a lot of it comes down to you know what are our, what are our needs and what are our basic like the stuff that we need fundamentally done and that's one thing that for me this year like we had some athletic kids and i I told my coaches during the state tournament, like, we need to write this down or practice. I'm like, write this down. We need to work on these things uh, a lot. And they were basic. They're basic stuff. And you're, you know, most people are like, well, that's laughable. And, but to me, it's like the details, the devil's in the details that we've got to get a little more, <laughs> I guess, to, to get our guys to perform. And so defense is a big thing that we do every day and, that, and I'm sure every program does it, but we try to mix up to where and defense intensity and my, you know, one kid that played for me, Coach and my main guys for sure. He said a uh, best like coach demands defense and defense wins championships. And that's true, you know? So we held Bonners to their lowest scoring total of the year, you know, 20 points less than their average. And so that's a big thing you know, that you can control every day. So we, we work on that all, all the time. Obviously shooting is a big thing too. So, I mean, those are big, big stuff, ball handling, uh, acknowledging like recognition of, you know, a two-on-one situation. I, I do a lot of PGC stuff. And so I don't know if you've ever been to point guard college, but it's phenomenal. And I think like just understanding the verbiage and the, their teaching methods, is the C, you know, and then apply mentality. Another thing I've learned a lot this year is to not get so crazy about I just about details, but not to get overbearing and let the kids fail and let them fail a couple of times, give them a little bit of feedback and then see how they do it. But I also want them to be able to coach each other and be like, hey, man, coach is telling us you got to hit the junction before you can make that cut. You know, just simple things like that when they start to attach to it and they take control, I just, this group this year, I said, you have all the tools that I've, I can give you, but now the application is up to you. I can't call a timeout 50 times to run a play. You guys have got to execute and you've got to, when the play, I mean, how many times do you play and actually score it off of the play you called? There's usually a couple of passes inside out and a, a reversal. Next thing you know, it, it wasn't the play. It's a play that you started, but it ended up a different, situation and so just understand the kids like oh we ran a plane it didn't work well that's okay let's run a different one you know and just in understanding when the defense breaks down 
know, this is the opportunity to score. And so just try to get them, like, what did you see there? And they'll be like, what? And I'm like, I'm not mad. I just want to know what you saw. Like, I want to know what your thought process is. You're on a three-on-two, and and you pull up a, a contested three, you know, like, this doesn't make sense to me. And so they, they walk through the process understand, well, this is what the things are open. So I think it's just a matter of a lot of, obviously, any coaches will tell you repetition's big. But they got to be the right ones. They got to be much out there unless he's a really good shooter. I'm old school. I'm, I want my post to shoot if they can, but I'm not going to give him, you know, eight on the three point line when he's six six. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. You know. I think um, one of the things that we were proud of in our state title run is that the kids did take control and, and you know. And again, I was talking to a coach uh, about this this weekend. Uh, on the idea that through our practices, we want to give the kids the tools so that they can just play basketball in these games. Cause like you said, you can't call 50 timeouts. I mean, ultimately these kids have to make those decisions. And, you know, um, when we look back on this season with this group that we had, you know, they were able to make the right decisions uh, more than they made mistakes. And uh, in uh, 20 of our 25 games, uh, they made fewer mistakes than the other team. So, you know, I think that's a big thing um, that can be hard for coaches, young coaches to kind of understand and allow to happen in, in that practice setting. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's, you, you hit it right on the head. It's hard to release control, you know, to 17, 18, these teenage kids and you're going, I hope they, they do the best they can with what you've taught them. But I think that, yeah, the least amount of mistakes, the better. And you watch the NCAA tournament and all that stuff. It just came down to, you know, possessions, like empty possessions or you want to make sure. I don't, I'll tell my kids, I'd rather see, try and kick a field goal from half court and at least hit the you – know, have an attempt at the rim, you know, than, <laughs> than to try and just throw it out of bounds with nobody there. But I just – we kind of – I use a lot of uh, – I like to have a lot of humor. But I also know, like, you've got to be very direct sometimes too because – you can get too, too lax and, and jokey that your kids don't know when you're being real and when you're not. And so that was a big thing for me because, like, I'm sarcastic by nature, but that was a big thing for me this these past years is to kind of just, hey, you know, this is what I want from you and this is what I expect and this, you know, I'm just being real. So it's the cooking hat, the dad hat, you know, all those things different hats for and then just kind of every year um, – there's something that just pops in and, and it's a good thing. And I think a big, big asset for me is having great coaches around me that aren't from around here. And I say that because I'll be like, I want you to tell me what you think when you see or hear Sugar Sam boys basketball. And, and then they tell me, well, man, you're, you're in base man to man defense. And, you know, they give me a lot of things that you and, they also take some more criticism a lot. You know, this is a good friend of mine said this year, he's like the coaches, um, but he, he's like, your kids are so long and athletic. It's like, man, you, you get your kids, you know, down more possessions where you're executing. He's like, I don't want to beach. And that just hit home to me really good. And I think just having good relationships with guys that are, that you trust, you know, that are going to help you. Like there's, you can't have enough people without, I mean, even to our, our pick and roll stuff, our defense we did this year, we learned from coach Matt's and, and his staff down at Utah Valley it was a huge, huge tweak for us this year. And anyways, there's just a lot of things that for me, it's like, I love learning, especially about anything that can help my kids be better and me better coach. Like I just love that stuff. could do it all day. Yeah, no, I'm uh, the exact same way. And part of the reason why I have this podcast is so that I can uh, learn from people. And I think, uh, you know, as you pointed out, just having people from different areas, like giving you feedback on, on, on your team. I think that that's, uh, I think that's huge. Yeah. Well, I kind of look at it like I don't, your philosophy is probably, you know, different than my philosophy. And I think we're all, but we all have the same end goal and, I like to, I'm a big Bruce Lee guy, but I, I like um, relating our, you know, philosophies to different styles of martial arts. They're, they're all, whoever's doing that style of art, they fully believe in it and they're, 
you know, they're grafted into that and they, and they can do that. But Jeet Kune Do for Bruce Lee, you know, it was like a free flowing. It wasn't, uh, you know, this action creates this action and there's the end result, the same end result all the time. I think it was a free flowing. But this, it can adapt to anything. And that's why he was just know, influential and like, you know, water you can shape water to whatever it you know enters and i think that that's as a coach you have your basic balance and basic motions of your your style of fighting or whatever but at the same time you have these things that you can adapt and add or subtract and in, in our most successful seasons we simplify our offenses we simplify our defenses and that's a that's a thing so that you you do couple things really really good versus you know 10 things we do okay you know what i mean so i think that those are you just gotta you, as you're getting through your season you simplify man we we don't do this very well we're not a full court pressing team or we you know we just certain things you can look and identify well let's make this adjustment you know if this kid's in then we're gonna have to go zone if this kid you know just simple things but just for thinking and understanding i think that you know, I'm jumping around on you, but I think that it's just like it's it's kind of fun to just talk the game and and kind of sh- show and think, you know, how I think. I guess it's kind of you're like, this is crazy, <laughs> crazy talk, but that's just kind of my my mentality. <laughs> yeah, no, I I like it a lot. Um, so I got a couple more questions for you. I really appreciate uh, appreciate your time. So you know, uh, you said in an in an interview after the state championship game, once you get success and you've tasted it, the expectation is to be here. So you guys have had that success. Uh, obviously, you lose a lot of seniors. I mean, how are you going to deal with kind of the expectations going into next year? You know, it's great. It happened to us in twenty twenty. Had a heavy senior class, same thing. And then obviously we we had a team that should have been at the state tournament in twenty twenty one. And I'm not saying we we had the team. Teton was really really good that year, and and we had them on the ropes, and then we choked, and then we had Snake River to get to that. In that playing game, same thing. We kind of hurt ourselves, but the expectations like at Sugar are probably more so than anywhere that I've. When I talk to anyone, they're like, I can't believe the pressure you guys have to deal with. You know, if you're not in state championship game or you're not winning state, and you know like they think your head's on the chopping block or someone wants you removed kind of thing. But a big thing for these kids, and I, and that's why we go back to multi-sport mentality. These kids have won state championship in football. When they're coming into basketball. They, they know how to win. They've been in a high-pressure situation in front of a lot of people. Um, they get to – they leave basketball. They go to track or baseball or, you know, tennis, whatever spring sport they're doing – there's, there's pressure, you know, our coach Hill has over 50 state titles in track and cross country for boys and girls at our high school, phenomenal coach. And so the expectations is that the program, the programs are set. We have a, our, our youth programs are solid. We, you know, the cupboard's full and you, you take, you, you play to win, you know, it isn't, I can't, I won't have another year with those guys. And so you, is it a gamble to play with, you know, 10 seniors, you bet, you bet it is, but it's paid off both times. And then the kids that are underneath it, they know it's, it's, your t- it's time to reload. You know, I, I don't ever feel like we're rebuilding. It's just reloading. And, and as we reload, the kids understand the expectations. Like that's why you bring kids up. So they, they'd be on the state floor and they're going, Oh my gosh, this is, this is real. I can't believe that we're here. I can't, and all of a sudden you get a taste of that. You know, you've been there. Your kids have been there. You walk in under those lights and you're like, man, this is what, this is what it's like. This is, you know, for us, we die to play on that Idaho center floor and have breakfast in the rodeo room. Yeah. You know, those are goals for me. And my kids are like, what the heck's the rodeo room? I'm like, <laughs> it's where I want to have breakfast, you know, a Saturday morning. And they're like, so they're like, coach, we didn't know you had feelings. I'm like, yeah, I'm competitive. I want, you know, I want to be there. And, uh, so the expectations are that, and that's like our theme this year was the redeem team because we'd missed, you know, in 2021, we get back in 2022 and we, we come up short, but it's like, we're, we're, uh, we're good enough and we're, we should have been in the state championship game. You know, I'd say that to them last year, if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, this year is just a, a great 
opportunity for them to prove out. And I think that they, if you ask them, they're like, yeah, coach expected us to do this. We expected to do it. And we knew we could do it. We just had to get the right recipe. So one of the obviously big uh, changes, although, you know, I don't know if it's going to be as big as people think, but you know, there's, uh, there's going to be the shot clock next year. So, I mean, how are you going to approach that this summer to get the kids ready? Have you already been doing some stuff? Um, you know, just take us through that process of getting ready for next year with the shot clock. Yeah. You know, I've been a lot this summer, actually, we, we did go to some good, um, team camps are important. Um, getting educated from some division one coaches is always important. I've made a lot of relationships with coaches that I, value um and obviously you want to talk to coaches that are having success with <laughs> um, similar just good people like coach madison from utah valley great great guy one of my players tim fuller played for them and this year and they're just they're a lot like but you know the the shot clock but i learned a lot from some coaches at um in coaching clinics from coaches that we're at team camps at and i think that i'm excited for it honestly i, I wish we had it this year um because it, it just makes the game better. There, there's people like, it doesn't change much shot attempt-wise, and it may not, but at the same time, there you have to execute, and you've got to be smart because you're, it's like I said before, you have a ticking time bomb in your hands, and you see it counting down. It's a lot different than just having a bomb in your hand that isn't lit. You know what I mean? It's like, well, this thing hasn't detonated yet. This thing, this thing started. So there's an added pressure. And then it rewards your defense as well. You know, if you're a defensive mentality, it's like, let's lock these guys down. And then now, let, let's, what are they going to run? You know, and, and it's putting them in a pressure situation where that, that bomb's ready to go off. And what kind of, you know, shot are they going to get? And, and I think that for me, like that was a big thing at practice. We use the shot clock all the time. We use it all the time. We use it in every home game. People are like, why are you doing it if you're not using it at state? And I said, I'm preparing not only for this year, but next, like we can shut the shot clock off and it, it's not going to change much of the style we play, but it really, you know, it's kind of get our kids to mentally attached to our high school programs. You know, I think that it's going to be a great thing. Uh, and it'll actually not a lot of our, not a lot of kids go and play at the next level, but I think if they do, then all of a sudden it's, it's given them an idea of already, Oh, this is how it works. You know, so not going into line. Yeah, I'm super happy that it's coming. Yeah, I agree with you that I think it's going to be a, a a great thing for the game. I just like you know I remember back I was watching a game on YouTube and this team it was a international game and this team got up by like 20 or 25 at halftime, but you know they didn't they couldn't come out and just take the uh, air out of the ball. They had to actually execute. And the uh, uh, opposing team actually had an opportunity to make a comeback, uh, you know, and so it became like right. a really, really exciting game. And so I think, you know, thinking about um, that is that it gives teams, you know, that chance because shots have to go up. Yes. Well, I think that, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, like with, with our, our team this year, right, we would be forced to shot when we didn't need to. And, and if you even had the shot clock, it'd be something that you wouldn't, you wouldn't want that shot if there was three seconds left, you know what I'm saying? But it's it just one of those things that was disciplined and, and for us and we're playing Teton and, um, well, Bonner's Ferry and they were, they needed to foul us. I was thinking it, you know, you, you play within the rules and it's nothing to show up and tell you, man, ball, ball, whatever. But, you, you adapt and you play. I'd rather people say, well, well, why were you stalling out? Well, we were, we were getting them out. And I mean, that's what they're going to have to do, you know? So I'm not going to, I don't have a state championship banner hanging on our wall in the gym and say, well, at least we didn't stall out. And it wasn't a stall because we were, I was trying to get our kids and you got to hit free throws. I mean, that's yeah. a huge thing too. But, so it's all these elements of the game. And I think understanding what those elements are. I mean, Coach Hawkins from Madison played in 10 state championships in his career in 30 years, you know, and he wins five. And everybody's like, well, you know, that's stall ball or whatever. And he, I'm like, well, if you can win and you can execute and you're beating teams that are way better than you, like, they have to figure something out. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but 
anyway, I, I think what I'm overall, I think the shot clock's going to be a huge, huge thing for everyone. I think that everybody's going to just going to make the game better. It's like going to make it more interesting, so that there isn't a blowout. You can take their shots have to be taken up, and then reward your defense, and then it, it makes you have to be more detail oriented as a coach to understand your timing for plays and under a certain amount of time, like to get shot off. There's just so much more depth that goes into it that I, I, I don't know. I just, it's not exciting to have a different challenge too. Yeah. Sounds dumb, but I mean, it's like, it's a good challenge. No, for sure. I agree with you. And then kind of, I look at it the opposite way as well is that we were playing against uh Minico and we had difficulties because, you know, we had a, we had a pretty decent lead, but our kids kept, coming down and putting up a shot, you know, within five seconds or within eight seconds. And, you know, I was talking to my coaches after the game and I said, you know, if there was actually a shot clock up there, our kids would have realized, okay, only five seconds has gone off the shot clock or 10 seconds has gone off the shot clock. We need to get it down 20 seconds, you know? So there's kind of that opposite thing that will happen as well is that kids will uh, like understand situations a little bit better. And instead of, uh, like I said, where our team came out in the third quarter and just started uh, shooting away uh, right off the bat and not getting good or great shots. Uh, You know, if that shot clock's up there, then it's probably, probably a lot different situation. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. It was a great thing. I, I, my kids loved it when we didn't play it. They're like, man, this game's so different, but you, you, you get, you said it again, right on the head. You, you got to have the discipline and understanding of what, what's in front of you and then the execution side comes it's like oh, okay well we don't have something in x amount of time then this is our go-to play you know no matter what you got to have bail out you know what i mean that that you you're really good at that is under certain times like all right you better this because nothing else is working and yeah. there's no time left and so it's uh but yeah there's it's gonna change a lot of the game for in a positive way Definitely. Well, coach, I really appreciate your time. This has been a, been a lot of fun. And I just want to congratulate you and uh, your boys and your program on a, a great season. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. It's been great to get to know you and um, congratulations to you again for winning the first state championship in the school history there for the girls. And that'll be uh, some basketball. You always be uh, number one there. So that's pretty dang awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, pretty pretty remarkable when you think about it because we're not, you know, we've been a sample high school has been around for hundreds of years or you know a hundred years or so, and uh, you know it wasn't like we just opened like fifteen years ago or something like that. So it was pretty neat to accomplish something like that. Yeah, definitely enjoy it, and then well, you know, it's it's time to get get back at it. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, tomorrow we'll be in the gym. So anyway, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's already here. Yes. Yeah, it is. Never goes away, which is good. So yeah. All right. Well, thanks coach. Yeah. Thank you.